Let the words of my lips and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Doug and I were talking earlier this week and he shared that before we had bulletins when the service was just from the prayer book, if you got bored in the sermon, people would often open to the back and they'd flip through the prayer book and so they'd learn the theology of the Episcopal Church. And since we now have bulletins, I thought it might be time to to at least do a little teaching on what the church believes and why we're gathered here. The mission of the church is to restore all people to unity with God and each other in Christ. It's on page 855 in the Book of Common Prayer. It's why we're gathered here today. This past week, my my sister and her husband um, visited us for the 4th of July. It's kind of fun to say that people visited us, a sign that, that Birmingham is becoming home. And and we're unpacking our downstairs, and there's books and boxes everywhere. And my sister, who is a little uh, nosy and there's not a shy bone in her body, immediately begins going through all of our belongings. (laughs) And she comes across this gift from my dad. My great-grandmother Tootsie's Daily Strengths for Daily Needs meditation book. For each day, there's a different meditation, and she'd often write in the margins notes by each date, such as the note by March 10th, 1983, John Bailey Burris came to visit me this day. Now, I'd seen the notes, but what I had not found or noticed before Anne came across this was a little note from Tootsie on an old envelope It was a story that she remembered and she wanted to record and write down. Tootsie was from Milledgeville, Georgia, where my grandfather was born and where she raised him and my two great aunts. Tootsie was born in the late 1800s. And so her memories include stories and people who lived during the Civil War. It's kind of wild to to think of of that um, spectrum of time passing. So the envelope reads, When Sherman and his army occupied Milledgeville, Mrs. Bignon became worried about all the food and animals on her plantation because what the stragglers and scalawags were doing. She decided to go see Sherman and ask for his protection. So she drove to Village Hill and went to his office. The guards refused to let her see him, but she insisted, and she got to the door of his office. When it opened, she saw Sherman, General Sherman, in his shirt sleeves and his feet propped on the desk in front of him. As she entered, he said, well, what can I do for you? And she answered, You can stand up, you're in the presence of a lady. (laughs) And he scrambled to his feet. I love the story of power being shifted into her hands, of the perception that she needed something of him and was really in control. In each of our readings, there's a common theme that relates to power. 
In 2 Samuel, the people anoint King David to rule over Israel. The writer makes a point that David's only 30 years old. I just wanted to point that out significantly younger than, say, a young rector that you might know. (laughs) And then the text says that David gets greater and greater at ruling, and the Lord, the God of hosts, was with him. The Israelites wanted a leader. They wanted a person to lead them in peace and prosperity. The emphasis in the story is placed on leadership. Now, I've been thinking about power a lot lately for many reasons. I've been thinking about what I should expect from our leaders, both in politics and in the church. In fact, right this very moment, thousands of Episcopalians have descended on Austin, Texas for the second largest bicameral legislative body in the world. Our own Virginia Hill House is there representing the Episcopal Church in Alabama. Up for debate, um, one of the things that the House of Deputies, which are the clergy and lay people, voted to approve yesterday was a new prayer book, revisions to the prayer book that would be finally adopted in 2030. I know, just we're starting to get comfortable with 1979, right? It's fascinating to watch. And so there's a lot of people that take the church really seriously and they're all debating online and in person. And there's all these Facebook columns of people that are passionate of the Episcopal Church and worried that her leadership is going to make a decision that will destroy beautiful communities that gather together just like this one. An old classmate has been passionately arguing that prayer book revision will cause the destruction of the Episcopal Church. I think he's a little bit, he's going a little bit overboard. But I'm interested because it really seems human and natural to believe that someone else is responsible for shaping our common life together or how we make sense of living into God's call for for each of us. It's about power. We want someone else to do the dirty work or the hard work of the church. We expect those people in positions of power to make everything better for us. That's why we elect certain people. And don't get me wrong, it'd be nice if that was true. In today's gospel, Jesus enters his hometown. And the people he encounters remember that he is the son of Mary and Joseph. And they don't believe that he has the power that others have said that he has. In fact, They take offense at him. It's an interesting language. I kind of wonder if they know something, some of the stories that we don't about Jesus as a child or even worse during those dreaded teenager years. But I also wonder if this is potentially a good thing. Maybe by not believing that Jesus has the power to heal others, they retain some of their own autonomy their own ability to be in control. They don't abdicate that that responsibility to Jesus. This, of course, this is not what our text suggests. It is certainly not our theology. But it's interesting that after not being the leader that Jesus believes that he is to the people in his hometown, he sends the 12 out two by two. He orders them to take nothing for their journey. No bread, 
no bag, no money in their belts. The disciples have everything they need in themselves to go out and to do the work of healing and reconciliation in this world. Mark says, so they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. I know that we all recognize that there is incredible, important, and holy work to do in this world. And while we want people that are in office or our church leadership or our clergy to make this world a better place, our scripture reminds us that each person in this room has everything they need to go forth healing and sharing the love of God. I've noticed a few things this week. This weekend in this nave, we gathered to celebrate the lives of two remarkable parishioners, Janet and Donna. What I saw was people reaching out to hug, to listen, to love. Our Puda 10K hours are nearing 6,000 recorded hours of service in our community. People have shared meals, resources, <coughs> listening ears, crying shoulders, and joyful memories in more ways than we could ever track. What I'm confident is that each person in our world has the remarkable capacity to love. To reiterate Jesus' instructions to the disciples, we don't need bread or a bag or even money in our belts when we have the capacity to love. Because love does come from God. And when we love the love that comes from God with other human beings, the kingdom of God breaks through. A fundamental change in the cosmos where goodness reigns. People are healed spiritually because they know that they are precious and loved. It is the mission of the church to restore all people to the unity with God and each other. That is the charge for all of us. That's why we're gathered here. It's not something that we abdicate to leadership or others. Because each of us can love we can forgive, and we can bring God's curing and healing power to the world. Each of you has the power of God dwelling in you because we are the body of Christ, anointed by the Spirit of God. So let us go forth in the name of Christ, living into the mission of our work together, helping all people find that sacred love of God in each other. Amen.